Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. All right, why don't you turn to Genesis 1. Let's go to the beginning. I like the beginning. How you guys doing? How you doing, Daniel? You doing good? You looking good? <sighs> well, I, I'm excited to talk to you guys today, and uh, I felt like the Lord wanted to do a couple things. Uh, first of all, I felt like he wanted to release creativity today. And... You know, creativity is, is such an attribute of the kingdom of heaven, and it starts out here in the beginning when, uh, when he's called us to subdue the earth. He's called us to cultivate things. And the beautiful thing about creativity is it's uh, so individualistic, and it's actually uniquely designed to be... Um, only uh, released through you as a particular individual. You as an uh, individual person, there's specific and special things that are called that are supposed to come out of you. And the way they get to come out of you is by our submission, by our um, attachment to the Father, to the Creator, right? And so I'm just excited to talk a little bit about that. And then I also feel, felt like the Lord just, uh, he just wants to release his love this morning. And a lot of us have maybe felt like they've known what to do in these last couple years. They've known what to do in this season. You may have had a specific, particular assignment from the Father. And I have uh, some specific assignments that, that I know the Lord's called me to, but the biggest thing he's began to awaken in my heart, uh, which has always been there, but is, is just to pray. Because... I, it sounds like a lot of people have the answers to everything right now. All of them. All America's problems, all America's strengths, all the world's problems, all the wars, the pandemic, everybody's got a lot of answers. And I, what I think and what I believe that is particular and special about that is the Lord probably has called you to do something super specific in his kingdom. And it's really scary when it looks completely different than somebody else. This is what is causing so much division right now in the church. It's causing so much confusion within the church. And I'm just, I'm tired of screaming at one another. And Blake just referenced personality and, and that fun stuff. So my personality likes to be right a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's like wired in there. It's like really deeply wired in there to be right. 
And one of the greatest things about the kingdom, and one of the only ways to enter it is through humility, <laughs> which means I'm probably not right about everything I think I'm right about. And so I, I, you know, I haven't known what to do a lot. A lot of times right now people are looking uh, for leaders, they're looking for leadership. And it's probably because you agree with the person that you want to be your leader. <laughs> I don't know if it's always because they're really leading you. Because leading takes intimacy and influence. And there's a leading that comes from preaching the word, preaching the truth, preaching the Bible, preaching this beautiful, precious book that was given to us through authors divinely inspired by God. But it's also given by sitting down and having a conversation. And we've been lacking conversation for two and a half years just because of the season we've been in. That's not an attack on any of us. I mean, the way we decided to start having conversations is through social media. When we truly need intimacy one to another, we need face to face, we need to be able to look at each other and see each other's skin, see each other's eyes, and feel each other. Which allows for the greatest gift of all, which is intimacy, which is connectedness, which is attachment one to another. And so I just haven't had a lot of words for a lot of things that are going on. And so I've, I've decided to pray. And I don't say that as like, you know, that's like the Christian hyper-spiritual answer to everything is I'm gonna pray. <laughs> it really is. When the challenge is there's times where it's not time to pray, it's time to pray and act at the same time. It's time to release action through what we've already prayed. So um, the last couple weeks I've been just driving to the city and because if the Lord brought me to Atlanta, then I'm called to love our city. I'm called to love this place. Because wherever your feet are, the Lord has wanted to give that to you so that you can bring um, the kingdom, not through ruling and reigning this way, but ruling and reigning this way. Through service, through our creativity, through our individual giftings. So I've just been driving to the city and I've just been walking around. Lots of prayer walks, that's what I've been doing. And this last week I, I was there and um, the night before, a lot of times the Lord will, will show me a picture. He'll show me sometimes a, a place of action. And, you know, one of the, the things I've loved and longed to see, especially in this last season, is uh, just people get healed. Just the miraculous power of God show up and um, people get healed. So um, this last week, I sat under a bridge on the Beltline and I... I did some weird things. So I felt like I was supposed to bring a Sharpie. 
and then the Lord would provide something for me to ride on. I got real hyper-spiritual. This is like old school, young man, Justin, like, Lord, what do you want me to do, turn left or right? This was kind of the moment I'm in, and, and so I'm like, well, Lord, I'm just gonna bring a Sharpie. I'm not gonna bring anything to ride on, and, and so I knew where I was supposed to go, so I'm, I'm there, I can see the bridge that I go under where a bunch of people are on the belt line, and I grab, um, and there's a bunch of garbage cans out there, and there was a cardboard box. Like, this is a great thing to ride on. So I, I wrote on this cardboard box, and I wrote, healing prayer. I'm not joking, that's all I wrote. And I sat it there. And I just sat there in a the chair. And just wanted to see what was happening. And I've done a lot of ministry, this type of, you know, treasure hunts, whatever we call them, anything, street outreach, praying for the sick, just uh, getting words of knowledge. And, um, but I've never done one where I sit in a chair with a cardboard box. I have one guy that drove by. He's like, he tried to give me money. He's like, <laughs> I did the Jesus thing, but I have something for you. And I got to pray for him, for his arm, and he said he started to have feeling, uh, just his arm started to feel better, and so that was fun. That was a fun one. He tried to give me money, and I prayed for him. It was awesome. And so just personally, I was just like, okay, Father, when times when I don't know what to say, I know that you are saying something, because you're always talking. He's always talking. And, you know, one of the things that we're all called to do is heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. That's not just for the special ones, that's for all of us. Just like we're all called to preach the gospel. We're all called to share the good news about Jesus. This isn't, this isn't just for the evangelists or the, or the apostles or, or the prophets or whoever else you think. It's for all of us. And this is what we want to create here at Bethel Atlanta is a movement where the fivefold gifts are the saints are empowered to do the work of the ministry in their daily lives. It is our heart, this is what we breathe for, this is the definition of reigning in life, is healthy people that know how to bring his kingdom, that are growing in health and growing in bringing his kingdom. And so, you know, um, I, I got to be there and there was, another, there was another guy there, he was awesome, he was a, he was a, they set up a drum kit and so he's just out there drumming away and, so he's drumming and I have my sign in my little chair. And we, uh, um, at the end, I, I just walk up to him and we, we start talking and, and we just start talking and he just kept on sharing the same thing with me, you know. It's all our, our beautiful catchphrase that everybody says right now, you know. Like it's all about love, love wins, love is love, love, lots of love, love. What is, no, I just, I just wanna know what love means. And we know, we're gonna get it, we're gonna turn to 1 John here in a moment. We're all gonna read it. We've read it a hundred times. But I, I do feel like in, in a society, in a moment of history that is truly hunger for, hungry for identity and truth, people are so hungry for identity and truth. They're hungry for, for answers. And people are hungry for justice. The challenge is most of the time, side of justice they want to talk about is just their side of justice. Whatever side that may be. 
waiting for a cricket or a pen to drop. And what that should do is that cause us to, should cause us to feel infused and passionate about the thing that God is giving you justice for, an eye for. And it can be a heart for the unborn. It can be a heart for racial reconciliation. It can be a heart for uh, the beauty of healthy sexuality. It can be a heart for kindness. You know, I'm still baffled. I, I come to, I come to, to Atlanta to the south from California and the Lord speaks to me and he says, he says, Justin, the spiritual gift of the south is kindness. And kindness and love without confrontation in love creates a, a, a side of chaos because there's not the ability to be discipled. And if you're not being discipled, we're not following in the ways of Jesus. I, I've been very confused by, by one thing lately. Um, it's probably just terminology, but people are saying, you know, I'm not a Christian, I'm a disciple, which I love. I love some of our catchphrases. We have a lot of them now, guys. I could say a million of them up here, and half of you would walk out offended. <laughs> So I won't, because it's not a conversation with me and Blake. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, these catchphrases that, that are, are super, like, significant to, you know, like I said, just love wins a moment ago, which five years ago, I hated that term. Because I, I, I'm like, this, the roots of what this means um, feel anti-Christ. So the word Christian, if I understand it right, it simply means little Christ. And the word little, I mean Christ simply means anointed one, right? And disciple is, is simply defined as a follower of Jesus. And what I've been recognizing and realizing um, as just creativity is being released today, that one of the things that we need, you know, we've talked about the gospel of salvation, the gospel of the kingdom, right? But part of the thing that we need right now is this gospel of intimacy, this gospel of what um, I love some authors and some theologians right now are calling it attachment love, which is a Hebrew word, which is the word hesed, and I'm not pronouncing it right because I can't do the hesed, that, that thing that you're supposed to do. It's like my friend Hachig. I can't do his name right ever, and it just kills me. But if I could, I'd be awesome, but I don't speak Hebrew. Um, and so this word said means, biblically, it's, it's spoken, it's about 240 times in the Old Testament. And what it means is steadfast love. It means our word, our language right now, it'd be attached love, intimate love, connected love, bonded love. And this is where I think we're at right now is so many people are hungry for identity and hungry for truth right now. And we know all the, you know, everything that's going on with sexuality right now. Man, I was reading some of my, my daughter's curriculum this, about two weeks ago. And again, it was from California, so everybody, oh, California. I just bless California. I think the fire of God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the glory is going to hit California. It's awesome. There's so much salt in there, so much salt there, so much goodness in that land. So I, I'm... 
I'm listening, I'm looking at my daughter's curriculum and you know, it's all, it's all about the, the, the things that we're talking about right now, you know, all the sexuality stuff and you know, my heart's broken and I'm like, how do we respond? How do we respond? And even, you know, with the Roe versus Wade and all this stuff and it's like, how do we respond? Yeah, I'm, I'm celebrating, I'm so celebrating, I'm so celebrating. And at the very same time, I'm like, we need a, a revolution of what healthy sexuality looks. Because I'm just as broken in the church as I am outside the church. People aren't happy or whole in their sexuality. But they just want to point fingers at other things. And I'm like, let us get whole and healthy in our own sexuality first. And what we look at and in people, in man and a wife being free together and respectful for one another and honoring each other's bodies. And so we just need a, a healthy sexual, sexual revolution in the area of moms and dads talking to kids about healthy sexuality. Because we start doing this in the home, we start doing this in the family, then we're not getting to the same place as we are. But guys, I've talked to hundreds of people about this area that most of their family never talked to them about sexuality. So, because we're afraid of it, because we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to, to show Christ, little Christ, the anointed one, to our first, our families. And it's probably because most of the time we are in so much bondage as men and as women. And this is why we need vulnerability and intimacy. We need attachment love. We need hesed, which uh, uh, another way of putting it is, uh, is steadfast love or the longevity of love. And this is what's gonna take us into 1 John. So first we wanna read, I really did, I wanted to do a few prophetic things today just because I felt like the Lord um, wanted me to uh, do this. Um, so everybody, as if you are an American, we all have a, a, a call to take responsibility for our, um, to vote, things like that. And so that's all of us. But I, I wanted to um, pray over those people who felt called to politics right now. So does anybody feel called to politics right now? I'd like you to stand up. We're, I'm, I'm not gonna call you out individually. I'm just gonna pray over you. One, two. Thanks, Dan. Everybody tells me I need to wear the Britney Spears mic up here because I don't hold the mic by my face. Sorry, guys. Thank you, Father. So, Father, right now we just release grace. There's so much anger going on right now in frustration. But I just release grace over these ones that are standing today. We thank you that you've called people to bring salt light through service to politics. And so we just thank you for um, 
uh, truth and love, being able to hold hands in the beauty of their integrity. And I thank you just even what Steve said. We thank you that righteousness is a gift from Jesus, but I just ask for grace for a righteous men and women to rise up in politics, that literally they're not perfect because nobody is, but they actually are being discipled by um, by others, they're, they're letting their life of intimacy be poured out before others. And I thank you that their vulnerability and their thought patterns, I thank you for a spirit of creativity, for policy, for, um, for wisdom to be on these ones that are standing here. And we just ask for grace. If it's local uh, a politics, we just release grace over their lives to bring Love and truth. So we thank you for um, creativity. We thank you for um, right moments to run for office if that's their call. We thank you for uh, grace uh, to elect healthy, godly people. And no matter who is in office, we commit as a body to pray for them and release wisdom, revelation, and grace over just all elected officials in our beautiful country. But I just thank you for grace over these that have a special thing in their heart called to politics. In Jesus' name, amen. And you know, one of the greatest things, yeah, guys, just, I really do, I so appreciate, because um, it's, it's, it's such a vulnerable uh, topic right now, politics are, so. Um, I, I, I felt like I was supposed to read this, and this is just, uh, this is our Genesis mandate, and we're all called to reign in life, and how we reign in life is by subduing and cultivating. It's called the cultural mandate that every Christian, every believer, every disciple of Jesus is called to bring. And so, let's just read this really quick, and this is uh, Genesis 26. <clears throat> Chapter one, thank you, did I already say that? Chapter one, Genesis uh, uh, 26, one verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image in the likeness um, and let them have dominion, everybody say dominion. Over the fish, it goes on to all the different things. So God um, um, created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. And God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. It's one of our cultural mandates, is to have families, a man and a woman, have a family together that produce children that are raised in the image of God, in the likeness of God. and to, um, and then go on, it says, be fruitful and multiply and feel the earth and subdue it and have dominion over it. So subdue and dominion are both uh, our cultural mandate for every single Christian to bring heaven to earth. This points to Jesus' prayer in Matthew 5 to bring, or Matthew 6, whatever it is, to bring heaven to earth. And the, the interesting thing right now is we're all called to do it in different ways. And this is the thing that is very curious right now. This is what's causing so much uh, uh, confusion and pointing fingers at one another is we all have a different cultural mandate of how to subdue. And 
You know, identities being under attack, and I love what Steve defined it as, I believe the best definition and biblical definition of identity, which is simply realizing I am a child, a son or daughter of God. That is identity. Every other identity is secondary to that. It's one, of, it's one of the hardest things for um, leaders and pastors is because they get their identity in what they do. And, and every, everybody does it in a different way. And so the challenge is anytime we, we, um, we switch things around, anytime the layers of truth are out of sync within the kingdom, it produces chaos. And this is what it produces. It's like, when my, when, when my, me being a son of God, when me being a pastor or leader um, um, bypasses that sonship part, it actually creates idolatry. It's what people are doing with sexuality right now. My sexuality is not my primary identity. Even though I am in Genesis 1, I'm a man, and you're a man, and you're a woman. But in that, those are not my primary identities. These are not, these are not the, these are not the, these are not, the greatest thing we are is all sons of God. And that's not a male or female thing there. That, that's, and so, and the only way for restoration to happen is to be born again, right? And until we're born again, until we're, we have that experience of grace, we will be searching for identity. This is why the world is so confused about identity right now. It's because we're, we're searching and, and we haven't been modeled very well because again, a lot of times men get their primary identity from being a provider. It's what's happened for 2,000 years, 4,000 years, 8,000 years, or a billion, whatever you think there. Uh-oh, I did it. Dang it, I did it. Did I do it? I said it. I apologize, Blake. Those are our conversations. So however long it was, these are the things that have been, um, that the enemy, the thief who's called to kill, steal, and destroy is poking at. And we, as believers, as rooted and grounded in love believers, are, are supposed to come to every con conversation, every interaction with first this, this primary thing of my identity is a son of God. And this is where my unity is found. This is where my unity is found. It's not in me being under the bridge, even getting the word of knowledge for a drummer. The guy that's sitting next to me, I get a word of knowledge for him. I walk up and start talking to him. I'm like, hey, is something going on with your right shoulder? He's like, yes. A week ago, it popped out, and do you still have pain? He's like, what? What's going on? Then we just have a weird conversation for a long time about love. Then I just keep on asking him, test it out. It's like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> Actually, don't know if he got healed because he kept on just saying the same things. I'm like, is there any pain there? I probably asked it, me. I probably asked it 45 times in our, in our 10 minute conversation. So I still don't know if he got healed. But he's like, yeah, I cannot believe this is happening. Last Thursday, this happened. So, but our call 
is to bring this kingdom from a secure identity. But our secure identity doesn't start with you. And this is what First John is taking us to. It doesn't, we seek first the kingdom, which is the expression of heaven to, coming to earth. We seek first that, but in that place, it's because of who we're attached to. It's because who we've abided in, who we have this attachment love, this grace-filled togetherness, this unity that is, and I, and I love Jesus' words, is because Jesus points back, you know, and this is why I feel like one of our greatest needs right now is humility. Because again, I don't know what your struggle is, but I want to be right. And I don't just want to be right about some things. I want to be right about everything. Your struggle may be different. But this is why humility, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven unless you come as a child. This is why the born again, it's, it's creating this smallness, this utter dependence on God that we all rely on right now. Because I think right now so many of us have utter dependence on our knowledge. And this is gonna tweak you. And we have utter dependence on what we believe. There's something under belief. There's something bigger than belief. Yes, I said it. Do you know what it is? God loved you first. Therefore, he attached to you. God's love is bigger than your belief. Because faith itself, Steve touched on it, faith itself is actually not something that you conjure up. It's a... Ah! <laughs> Smack yourself with that. It's a gift. It's not something I look constipated on stage about, okay? It's how a lot of us Christians look. It's a gift, and it comes through attachment love, which looks like he's bigger than you are. I don't know. There's a whole bunch of people that have sat on the throne of judgment right now, and I've been one of them. And the biggest people I judge is us being truthful, is my stream, all the people that are closest to me, my political party, these are the people I'm like, oh! <laughs> and this is why attachment love is what unifies us, which is we're unified to him. And this means we're disciples. We're not disciples of my thoughts. You're not disciples of your thoughts. I hope you're a disciple of his thoughts. And again, our goal is to get the mind of Christ, which need, means we need constant mind renewal. And I don't know, but the greatest thing that I've needed mind renewal right now is, is not in whatever this external problem in society, because, I, I, man, You know, there's been so many moments of anxiety of, okay, here's another horrible thing going on in the world. So do you know the thing with globalization, us becoming a global, and why are we global? Because we have the internet. <laughs> and you're not angry enough on the internet at whatever you need to be angry enough at. 
which is whatever the injustice is you're looking at. And the challenge is, is sin has created, disrupted this earth to create so much injustice. And our job is to create attachment love that brings truth that is undergirded by love that it doesn't mean it doesn't confront or say hard things, but it keeps attachment because the greatest form of discipleship is loving your enemy. How do you know you're a disciple? It's when you love the person you hate. I don't hate anybody. Look at your news feed, or pardon me, your Instagram feed, or your Facebook feed. Tell me. <laughs> and it doesn't mean we never say something truthful, it, but if it's not undergirded with attachment love, they're not gonna look at us and be like, wow, I wanna join whatever they got going on in there because of the love they have for one another. The reason they want to come is because they're tired of feeling alone and empty. And guess what? You don't have the answer for every problem on the planet right now. You don't. And this is why I started out with creativity because you're supposed to have the answers that God's given you grace to have answers for. Which starts in what Lindy talks about all the time, which is the heavenly places which starts in intercession and prayer, that he will give solutions. Because again, our main job is to bring heaven to earth. And no, it's not looking much like heaven right now. At least that's when you turn on Fox or CNN, it's not. Because it depends who's discipling you, probably what you're seeing. And so it, this isn't a call to to not be passionate about what you're passionate about. It's a call to attachment love that makes sure our discipleship looks like loving our enemies. And I am always checking myself, I don't have any enemies. Thanks, Dan. I need the Britney Spears mic, sorry. <laughs> it looks like loving our enemies, guys. How are you loving your enemy? How are you loving the person that didn't think it was a baby at conception? How are you loving them? It doesn't mean you don't call it what it is. But how are you loving them? How are we loving? I, I, I don't know. That, that's my question is, how are you loving? How are you loving your enemies? And I've only known to go back into my prayer closet right now and to take things to the Father. I, I, I want to love them. And yes, love requires truth, doesn't it, guys? It requires so much truth. Because truth requires a change in the way that we think. It requires repentance, which is the only way to enter the kingdom of heaven is through repentance. It's the only way to become born again, is to confess, to repent. And so I, I, I felt like the Lord just wanted to release attachment love, which we'll go to John now, and we're going to end there. And so John 4. And love and truth never stop holding hands. And belief and faith are crucial. But bigger than all of this is God in heaven. 
Uh, we, we, I love to remember that God is bigger than me. It allows me to rest. So many people are so weary because we forgot that God is bigger than us. Side tangent for two seconds. It's why the Sabbath is so important. It's a day set aside once a week that says God is God. I don't, he doesn't need me to provide for my family. He doesn't need me to fix the world's problems. He doesn't need me to cover the sin of the world. He doesn't need me to do X, Y, and Z. He doesn't need me. He chose for me to be a part. Again, it's why I read the first part. It's why I read Genesis. Your call is to subdue, to cultivate, to do all those things. But it's one of the reasons the Jewish practice of Sabbath is so important because it says God is God and I am me. I get to come like a child today and have rest, family, fun, connectedness because I'm connected to the Savior of the world. I am not that. And so these type of realities, guys, are what keeps us centered in the day and age we're living in. And this is why attachment love has said this word of steadfast, his longevity. He cares more about America than you do. He cares more about China, probably way more than China than most of you, sorry. Is that, is that a political joke, a little one? He cares so much about this world, so much that he took the sin of the world on himself as Jesus died on the cross. This is how much he cares. This is how much attachment love, this is how much he loved us. Beloved, verse seven of chapter four of 1 John. Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. God, let us not confuse love with a moment of passion or feeling, but let us experience your steadfast, your attached love that is greater than our disconnected realities. In this love of God was made manifest among us that God um, sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. Jesus, I just thank you that we are called Christians, little Christ, disciples. And for any of us that are not choosing to allow the discipleship of this moment in history, that we would be truly those that love our enemies, that we would speak truth with love, that in any of our broken, lonely parts of our hearts, we invite your love today to come and attach. Thank you, Father. I, I've given my 
one of the things I've given my life to is just uh, the pursuit of what it looks like for a body to grow in health. And there's emotions, there's feelings, and there's spirits. And right now, the difference is emotions is a physiological response to something happening on, going on. An emotion, pardon me, did I say, uh, an emotion is a physiological response to something going on. A feeling is a state of experience. And a, um, a spirit is a demon, an angel, a fruit of the spirit. It's all the spirit realms. And right now, I've noticed, and there's a beautiful verse on anger, because anger is a gift. Anger is a gift. Because what does it tell us? Something's wrong. There's an injustice. There's something that's the wrong version. It's a perversion. So anger is a gift. But it also gives a spiritual principle of wisdom, which looks like, but don't let the sun go down on our anger. If you've been angry about something for a really long time, some injustice, some right way of thinking. It's probably disrupting your spirit where you might have actually invited a spirit of anger and you're calling it justice. This is why anger is to be like, I can't believe that's going on. That's wrong for our society. And then it's to turn into intercession, which means I take off. I put on those shoes. I repent. I take the ownership. I say, this is my city. I I repent for racism. I repent for the unborn that have been hurt. I repent for murder that's happened. I repent for drunkenness. I repent for sexual immorality. And then I take off the shoes, which is intercession. And I give it back to God. And I go on my peaceful way. This is what do not let the sun go down on your anger means. I'm gonna tape this thing to my face. But this is a big deal, guys. And so many of us, because we've been in such a ripping, a polarization season, that we're constantly going to bed anxious because we're angry about the right thing. And so part of the shift is this is why Every night we get to go to bed with, oh wait, attachment love. My main identity is not to be the savior of the world. (laughs) It's to be a son. All right, let's just finish it out. Just finish out the verse. Beloved, if God loves us, pardon me, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us. And his love is perfected in us. And we'll skip down here to verse 16. So we have come to know and to believe the love of God has for the love of God, that the love of God has for us. God is love. Would you stand up with me?
So I, I did. I want to provoke you to creativity. I want to provoke you to stand up for truth and justice and, and life and, and love and connectedness and to see injustices fall. But can we do it as a people that are truly rooted in this attachment love? That this place of, of connectedness, of intimacy, of being seen and known, of putting God in his rightful place. So put your hand on your heart. Jesus, I just thank you for grace in this season. I thank you that you truly are wanting to release a creative movement. Thank you, Father. If you're supposed to release creativity by uh, uh, the classic arts or movies or entertainment or YouTube or any of those or social media, put up your hands. We just release grace over this crowd right now. We release grace over these creative influencers that are called to bring just the beauty of good news in these ways. And we thank you that it doesn't just mean Christian cheesy television, it means like real good creative things. And so I thank you for creativity springing up from the ground in this place and for, for the arts to be so beautiful and vibrant with goodness. And so we just thank you for even the books and the producers and the, the people that just love to be on social media. We just, we just release grace over them. So much grace, and grace is the empowerment of God, and we thank you that love and truth will just reign in their life, and then I just thank you for Sabbath, for a day where they just get to be, they get to be connected individuals to you, to putting you on the throne, you as provider, you as king, you as Lord, and so we just release a creativity across this environment. And just, um, for just other people, you're just, you're in your classic vocation, your job, whatever you're in, just put your hand up now. We're just gonna release a blessing over you. Father, we just thank you for uh, just all the different vocations in the room. We thank you from the doctors to the, the creative sanitation specialists. We just thank you that it's all needed to, to release your kingdom on this earth, to, to literally do what the Genesis principle talked about, to subdue, to cultivate. We just thank you for teachers that are in here. I just bless the education um, uh, just department of, uh, of America. We just say, um, we just thank you that grace is gonna follow up with a whole bunch of people that know how to influence with the beauty of kingdom with the beauty of kingdom, and we just thank you that the religious spirit is getting kicked out and the spirit of just uh, the bride, the beautiful, um, spotless, wrinkle-free bride is showing up to, this, um, to the beauty of ed education over our society. And so we just thank you for grace. We just thank you for grace. And put your hand up if you're a male or female. We just thank you for sexuality. 
We just thank you for healthy sexuality from just who we are as a man or a woman. God, we just bless every part of that. We just thank you that you're a gift to society in what you bring as an individual, as a man or a woman. We just thank you that it's beautiful, it's complimentary. No, we are not the same, but we complement one another. And Jesus, I just repent for um, this uh, perversion of masculinity that's been around for so long within the church, this hyper whatever it is, I just say no more of that and we just release the beauty of healthy masculinity and healthy femininity in this room, God, and we just thank you for families, beautiful families that are gonna be raised and we just thank you for, for those that really are, that are, um, a single parent raising a kid, we just thank you that there's grace over you, that there's just grace over you. And we say that Jehovah Jireh is the God that provides. As you um, walk through these multiple roles, we just thank you for that there's grace over you, that there's provision. And so God, we're just thankful that creativity is gonna rise up in us as healthy sexual beings that are gonna know how to uh, steward the beauty of sexuality. One of the gifts that you've given us in, in Genesis, and so I just thank you for a, just a healthy movement in all of that, and all the people said, amen. amen, amen. All right. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.